Hello, and a very good day to you. My name is Jim Harris, and this is Heritage Bible Radio. Heritage Bible Radio is an extension of Heritage Bible Church in Boise, where it's my joy to serve as the teaching pastor. Every day, we devote our radio time to studying a portion of the Word of God so you can know Him better through Jesus Christ and serve Him better through your local church. This week on Heritage Bible Radio, our study of 1 Corinthians chapter 15 is put on hold for a week as Pastor Harris delves deeper into the uses of the word gospel as found in many other Bible passages. Please listen to Pastor Jim as he teaches us today's portion of this week's message entitled, Good News for Everyone. Our subject tonight is good news for everyone. As I said, we arrived at 1 Corinthians chapter 15, which has the, the most definitive, fullest, I should say, not most definitive, but the fullest definition of the gospel. We studied it on the Lord's Day all the way through verse 11. Paul writes, Now I make known to you, brethren, the gospel which I preached to you. And that's a rebuke to the people in Corinth. He's saying, I have to go back and tell you the very basic gospel that I brought when I first came to Corinth because some of you seem to have forgotten it, and he's going to talk about the resurrection and make the connection for you. He said, "'Is the gospel which I preached to you, which you also received, in which you also stand, by which also you are saved, if you hold fast the word I preached to you, unless you believed in vain. For I delivered to you as of first importance what I also received.'" The same gospel that saved Paul saves anybody else. Here is that gospel, that Christ died for our sins according to the Scriptures, and that He was buried, and that He was raised again on the third day according to the Scriptures. Now, in that passage, or anywhere else in the New Testament for that matter, there's no place that the gospel is more uh, specifically defined as far as defining the word gospel. Uh, the word gospel was understood. When a word is used in the, the Bible and it's not defined or thoroughly explained, that means that the writers of that book or the writer of that book inspired by the Holy Spirit expect his, expected his readers to know what he meant by it. That's the case with the gospel. Now, what is included in the gospel is uh, elucidated more thoroughly in 1 Corinthians 15 than than anywhere else. But it means that this was a word that, that Paul and all the other New Testament authors that used it as well, um, Jesus Himself using this word, they all knew that this word was well understood by first century readers of the New Testament. And would you notice, it says, Christ died for our sins according to the Scriptures. They were expected to understand how that relates to the Scriptures. He was raised on the third day, according to the Scriptures. So we have to ask ourselves, when it says John the Baptist preached the gospel, Jesus preached the gospel, anybody else preached the gospel, how would a first-century reader of the New Testament have been expected to understand that word gospel? What about when the word gospel is used to describe the message, and it was before Jesus died and rose again. That's what we're going to study tonight. I've introduced to you along the way here my new fun word, Lerman. 
That's a lesson that is a sermon, or a sermon that is a lesson. I don't even know where to put this one. This is, um, I won't call it rambling, but this is the fruit of some study that I've done that I've dabbled at in the past, and I decided I'm going to finish the job this past week, and I'm so glad that I did. When a Greek reading people or a Greek speaking person would see the word that we translate gospel, they would have understood something. The word is euangelion, that's the noun, and euangelizomai, that's the verb. Our English word evangel, evangelize, evangelism, they all come directly by transliterating that word. The noun literally means good news or a a good announcement. And the, the verb literally means to proclaim good news. The word was not invented by Paul. It was not invented by Jesus. In Greek literature, outside the Bible and before the Bible, it was used in a specific way, almost always, to announce good news of a victory or, or maybe and or, the arrival of the victor, the the general, the king, whoever it was, who had commanded whatever led to the victory, the good news of which was being announced. The most prolific uses of this noun and verb were in the context of news about the Roman emperor. It could be good news of conquering territory or of defeating an enemy, and therefore in that situation the good news would include bringing peace and safety. And the words were also used for announcing someone acceding to a throne, being put into a position, with the promise then of a new era of peace under the new emperor or the new king. Now, notice that this seminal passage on the gospel, 1 Corinthians 15, 1-4, ties the message, this good news, to the death and resurrection of Jesus And it ties that to the rest of the Bible. It is according to the Scriptures. So by the time Paul wrote to the believers in Corinth, the word gospel was well understood as the good news of what King Jesus has accomplished. That's how they would have understood it. And it also is relating to his accession to the throne of the kingdom of God. He's now seated at the right hand of the Father. It's the announcement also about peace with God that he secures for for us. It's the announcement of the, the promised era of peace that is to come when he brings his kingdom and reigns on earth. The content of the gospel we preach is Christ died and was raised. But don't skim past that part, that phrase, according to the Scriptures, twice in that, in that time. So, the question I want to deal with tonight is, how do the Scriptures describe the gospel even prior to, and especially prior to, when Jesus rose from the dead? The New Testament uses that word, a hundred times, 101 if you count the one that we think is bogus in Mark 16, 15. The majority of the uses of those, as a matter of fact, 70% of them, 70 out of 100, are from the Apostle Paul because, well, 
He was the one whom God used most thoroughly to reveal the gospel to the most people and to defend it against attacks. So I'm going to take you on a journey through a hundred uses of the word gospel. Eh, I'm not going to show you all hundred, but I looked at all hundred of them in their context, and I was blessed by what I saw and what I found. If you want the statistics, you'll find it five times in Matthew, seven times in Mark, not counting 16, 15, six times in Luke, none in the gospel of John. Isn't that interesting? Eight times in Acts, which was also written by Luke, so Luke gets 14 of them. Three times in 1 Peter, once in the book of Revelation, and the other 70 by Paul in his 13 New Testament letters, and not even in all of all 13 of his New Testament letters. So I surveyed all hundred of those occurrences of gospel in our Bible. It's very clear that the New Testament writers use that word with full confidence that it was understood by the people that they were writing to. In almost two-thirds of the occurrences of the word, it's just the gospel. But the other third have, with the word gospel, other words that are qualifiers that help us know the fullness of all that the gospel includes. And I want to show you some places from which we learn more. With, in Luke 3.18, it says that John the Baptist preached the gospel, but it says he preached the gospel of God. What that means is his message was the good news that God was bringing peace and it was tied to the arrival of his son. And that's what John the Baptist was all about, announcing the arrival of the Son of God. So with the coming of John the Baptist, he's saying, now the Son is going to be here. No longer is the message embedded in types and shadows. Now the Son of God is here. And God's message of salvation tied to Him is being proclaimed. Now let me take you to some others. Luke 16, 16. The law and the prophets were proclaimed until John. All right, that's the law and the prophets, the Old Testament, until John. John was the last of the, of the Old Testament prophets, per se. Since that time, since John, the gospel of the kingdom of God has been preached, and everyone is forcing his way into it. Now, that's talking about when John came and then Jesus came to Israel, This good news included the fact that the kingdom of God was right on their doorstep because the king had arrived. John the Baptist and Jesus literally offered the kingdom to Israel if only they would have turned from their sin and embraced and turned to their Messiah. You know, the message of John the Baptist and the the message of Jesus were identical. In light of the good news of the arrival of Messiah, they said everyone should turn from their sin and turn to following Him. The gospel at that point was repent and believe in the King. They included all the promises of the kingdom of God. If only Israel would respond in repentance and faith. Now, we know from our recent studies in Mark, and we've also seen it in 1 Corinthians 14, 
Israel rejected their Messiah. Instead of embracing Him, they crucified Him. If you would like this message on Compact Disc, let me know and we'll send it to you. You'll receive the entire message, not just the portion on today's program. You can order by phone at 353-4036 or by writing to us at 7071 West Emerald, Boise, Idaho, 83704 or on the internet at hbc-boise.org. Heritage Bible Radio needs your prayers and your financial support. Once again, you can reach us online at hbc-boise.org or by telephone at 353-4036 or by writing to us at 7071 West Emerald, Boise, Idaho, 83704. And if you need a church home here in the Treasure Valley, I hope you'll visit us any Sunday at 7071 West Emerald. For Heritage Bible Radio, I'm Jim Harris. See you next time. Bye-bye.